Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. Welcome back to the Hoodoo Factory. We hope you enjoyed part A, where we declared Lauren the winner of the ABSA for excellence in this podcast. Now we are back for part B, where we will discuss this episode in further detail. I'm Thaddeus, and I'm here with Tom and Lauren discussing Shrink, the second episode of our Hooked Unit. We're going to start part B by roughly following the categories for part A's ABSA Fever Round. Everyone will get to share what other items they had in their lists, and I, as host Supreme, will get the chance to finally share my favorites from the episode as well. So let's start with our favorite scenes. All right, Before we talk about scenes uh, that we want to show to a new person, what are just some of our favorites that we saw? Uh, Lauren, uh, part A winner, why don't we go with you to start us off in part B? It was kind of funny because I had like five that I picked out for part A and between my answers and Tom's answers, we went boom, 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 straight through one through four. Same, (laughs) same. Um, So my fifth favorite scene, (laughs) Um, the scene where Dr. Frank comes in and he greets everyone, uh, starting with Matthew. Um, So the scene starts without Dr. Frank there and Matthew's like asking to pink his head over Bill's cubicle and then it and then Frank comes in and then it ends with um, Dave finding out that Lisa slept with Dr. Frank like it I sort of take that all as one scene because there's no cuts it's almost like three small scenes though there's just so much that happens in there like um, it's a short amount of time but like you get so much set up for everything that's going to happen in the episode and the big reveal of like hey they got John Ritter (laughs) you know yeah yeah no I I actually had that on my list like my list was actually a little bit different from the two of yours um, was I had him arriving at the office as one of my favorite scenes just the way that he greets everybody where's Bill the old dog he comes in like he owns the place (laughs) yeah and then he commandeers Dave's office like I'll just take this office is that fine you know uh, I just didn't want to use my office today Um, so I definitely had that Um, I'm actually going to jump in and give mine here (laughs) <laughs> because uh, because I love it when Matthew is yelling at Bill's cubicle, <laughs> I think that might be the funniest scene of the episode for me. That's like my number one right there, of him just going on the rant and Bill walking up behind him. And uh, let him continue. <laughs> David, is Bill behind me right now? <laughs> Good because I, then I don't have to repeat myself. And Dave almost breaks. Like I, they actually go away from him for for Matthews, and I'm like, did they do that because Dave was actually starting to break on camera, or is that just a better shot that they had? Um, I, I thought that scene is just hilarious. He walks along, it's not in front of us. Uh, holier than holy, holy. Uh, yeah, I could. I, I to me that was actually my number one. I, I couldn't believe that, uh, that that neither one of you actually put that out there in round one. Um, but uh, Tom, what was another one of your favorite scenes from this episode? Uh, the last scene, I guess, when um, you know, 
yeah. Dr. Frank is saying goodbye to everybody. Um, and then they, they go through the cubicle and Dave pulls it down and then they put it back and, and Dr. Frank is just still staring at, at Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Frank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Dr. Frank leaving the office was also yeah. like on my list of favorite scenes. Just the way he kind of goes by, does the, you know, stay healthy. We need you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and floats around and, and finally exits. Like I, I just kind of enjoy the way he interacts with everybody and, and both of them coming and leaving. Yeah. So, take care uh, of yourself. <laughs> we need you. Um, so I actually, you know, what? I, this is actually piggybacking a little bit off of um, off of that long scene that Laura's talking about. But the Lisa and Bill trash can, <laughs> I think, like uh, in the opening, not, not when Doctor Frank shows up, but in the opening, yeah. Uh, but the, just the trash can battle. <laughs> like, <laughs> what does it say? It look at it. Look at it. <laughs> so trivial so trivial of a thing like you're putting your garbage in somebody else's garbage can that's what he's yelling at her for (laughs) it doesn't say that at all does it (laughs) very reminiscent of the big day (laughs) yeah it's such an authentic office argument yes that's like none of this stuff belongs to any of them it belongs to the building owner or you know mr james or the company or whatever but like you you become possessive of the stuff that's in and around the desk where you sit you know it is like no you don't put your trash in my trash it doesn't even matter what it is right (laughs) Right. it's not like stinky food or like something that's just unreasonable it's just it could be a post-it note and you're still like why is that in my trash take your trash with you and I think I think that's what makes it good is because it's probably the first couple times I watched it, it didn't even occur to me that that's a ridiculous thing for him to be mad at. <laughs> you know, like to me, I'm just like, yeah, man, like why is she using this trash can? Like, where's her trash can? <laughs> and this time, I'm like, that is really ridiculous. Like to be yelling at it that way. It's literally what it's there for. And do we think that Bill has to empty it? No. Right. Milos like does empty that. Almost. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't say that at all, does it? <laughs> Oh, man. Um, okay, so, Lauren, did you have any other favorite scenes or, or ones that you had to mention? Like, I think we covered just about the entire episode. I think point. we did. That was everything on my list between the ones you guys called out and what I had. Okay. Tom, anything else on your list? Nope. That was All it. Right. Yeah, I got I got everything on mine, too. So, um, uh, again, one of those ones, really strong scenes. You know, like, like I didn't feel like it was uneven in any way. Everything really kind of carried the same weight to me. Yeah. All right, uh, moving on to the next category, some of our favorite quotes, ones that we just liked in general. Um, I just used a couple in the last category, uh, but what are, what's something else on your list? Tom, what's uh, another quote that you have on your list as a favorite from this episode? Uh, fear of the unknown is spiritual paralysis. Now, not not a usable one, but just I like the, the whole <laughs> vibe. Yeah. And just it, the, it, the delivery of it's great. It's like there's just aren't enough situations to use it. It's so no. usable, but there's just there's no context where you could just break it out. Yep, good line. I def- definitely love the setup of the joke that it comes from a tea box. Herbal tea box. You yeah. know, instead of uh, <laughs> instead of like some anywhere he might get some real wisdom. Uh, Lauren, what's another one of your favorite quotes from this episode? Um, a favorite one of mine that I think is not very usable is, sorry, I'm from Wisconsin. Is that the same as getting a lot? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I'm not from Wisconsin, so not really a lot of <laughs> opportunities for me to lose use that. And you would need, like, such a perfect setup. Like, it's yeah. not usable, but it's one of my favorite Dave quotes. 
I mean, it's so great. <laughs> yeah, he just, I mean, he just cuts right down to the heart of it, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> like that's a cool story, bro, but isn't that just, <laughs> you know? And again, at that time, that's that's definitely the attitude towards sexual addiction. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of sympathy in the 90s. No. <laughs> um, excellent. All right, well, I feel bad because I kind of took a couple in the last one, like, you know, Bill Bill's whole, like, it doesn't say that at all, does it? And, and uh you know, that's, that is absolutely one of my favorite deliveries from Bill. And, um, I, I, again, I wish I could use that, but that, like, that's, that's a, a Lauren might use that line. <laughs> Daddy is just kind of like, Hey, that, that might be a little too far. Uh, that might be a little unnecessary. Um, so I, yeah, I want to hear a little bit more about your list and I'll come back to some of the ones on mine. Uh, Tom, what was another favorite quote from you? Uh, Beth says to Dave, you're pacing like a rat in one of those yeah. educational films about cocaine abuse. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Yeah, she nails it with that one. Like, and it makes you think of those 1980s like studies that they would show you about mm-hmm. like rats on cocaine. <laughs> like that's a real thing, people. That is that was not a that wasn't a punchline. Wake up, people. <laughs> that was a film strip. <laughs> Beep. Uh, Lord, what's another favorite quote on your list? Um, I really like uh, Dave's line about I love advice that rhymes only because I've used it. I used to use it a lot at an old job because I had a boss who constantly used advice that rhymed even when it made no sense. And so I would I would throw this at him. It was extremely useful. (laughs) So one of his favorite ones was he would always say, when in doubt, send it out. And I would have to be like, listen, I know you love advice that rhymes, but I literally have nothing to send. That is the problem. <laughs> you know? Or something to that effect. Yeah. All of his advice rhymed, and I was just like, ah, it's right there, and you've never seen the show. It's so frustrating. <laughs> I definitely respect his commitment to the bit. <laughs> you, know, you know, his life advice bit of just like everything's going to rhyme. Uh, but yeah, when it doesn't actually apply to the situation, that is very frustrating. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I did have that. Let it out or sweat it out. I love advice that rhymes. Um, I love that Dave finishes the statement for him, too. You know, like, like, it's like he's heard he it says. so many times. Exactly. Like you and your boss. Like you were definitely yeah. finishing it by the end, weren't you? I, I, knew before I, like, I, I knew before I walked in his office, he was going to oh, tell me man. when in doubt, send it out. And I was like, I just... Uh. How do I, how do I stop this before it starts? <laughs> I can't stop him. Um, all right. So one on my list was it, it's the the Dr. Frank to Lisa. He's leaving. He's like, take care of yourself. We need you. And my problem is when I hear that part, I always want to finish with that second part of like, and when we think about it, we. <laughs> it's so creepy. Like there's there's no way you should ever like use that as a follow up, right? No. But it's such a funny scene and it's such a good follow up to like that statement and tone change. You know, like again, like it's not just saying the words; it's changing the tone to be a little more creepy. Well, let's just say it. It's a little creepy. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's hard not to follow with the rest of the joke when you hear something like that. Mm-hmm. And when we think about it, we really need to. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right, Tom, any more on your list? Uh, yeah, uh, Matthew says, uh, Dave, 
This is an important step for him. Please don't crap all over it. <laughs> That's another one where the tone change really made yeah. it. Like, like he starts yeah. off, it, he sounds kind of assertive, and by the end of it, it's like he's just so sick of Dave's shit. And it's like, right. when does that ever happen? <laughs> it's usually yeah. the other way around. <laughs> and then Joe tone, tones and switches out of too. You know, like, oh, I, I you got a problem with that? that? Got a problem with that? He's yeah, <laughs> yeah. real aggressive on him. You got a problem with that, Angela? This is a great tonal episode. Yeah, yeah all of my impressions. Straight, who's the boss? Damn you, Channel 20. Um, all right, Lauren, another one from your list. Another fave. Um, I, I really like Matthew's line, I think all my teeth are loose. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know, something about it just sounds very, like, I, it's just so pathetic. It's such a pathetic kind of line. And, like, I, I mean, I would be like, go home. What are you doing here? <laughs> but um, I, I kind of want to start using that. Like, maybe I'll get sent home. <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a weird statement. <laughs> and the way he says it, I don't know. It's, it's really good. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a good six to eat it. It's what it's, again, it's like it makes sense because it doesn't make sense, but it's it's some sort of weird physical feeling that you can't describe. Yeah. <laughs> like teeth are loose. Yeah, it is a little bit weird. Um Okay, uh let me think. I think I've got oh I've got the Dave uh, the Dave asking if it's uh illegal. Lisa's response, for some reason, like, I kind of laugh when she does it every time. Uh, illegal? No. Inappropriate? Yes. Disgusting? And then she giggles. Hardly. Hardly. <laughs> You're like, oh, man. Like, I'm in the bad girlfriend camp, guys. I got to tell you right now, like, that is the most insensitive response I think you could have right there. She's, you can tell she is reliving that sexual encounter yeah. in her mind right in front of her boyfriend. That's not <laughs> Not, cool, not even trying to hide it. Not cool. Like, I don't blame him for pacing at all. You, know? <laughs> you are uh, laughing I, on the inside. <laughs> I do like that quote, though. Like, like just that her delivery of her, like, kind of giggling as you get to the end. Uh, you know, and Dave obviously just being incredulous of what is happening right now. <laughs> I also like how fast she says yes when he asks her if they had something. Like, I just kind of feeling. She goes, yeah, right away. Like, no hesitation. He's like, what? <laughs> We're caught off guard as an audience of how fast she's like. <laughs> um, yeah, so I have those in there. Um, okay, who has more? More favorite quotes? The only more. other one I had, I don't know if we mentioned this or not, but he's like an enema for the brain. It was really just kind of very funny way to describe a therapist. I just think of Dave's reaction too, like the face he makes when he yeah. does that is part of the way I think. I'm like, yeah, it's uh, not quite right. Yeah, I think I, you could use that too. I think you could use it as like a confusing insult. Like when you want to make sure someone feels insulted, but they're not quite sure why they feel insulted. <laughs> like just tell them, you're like an enema for the brain. And they're going to be like, <laughs> what does that what? mean? <laughs> they're yeah. they're going to think about that one for a long time. With a little setup, you actually might be able to start throwing that into rotation. <laughs> Let us know how that goes. <laughs> All right. All right. Do you have another, Lauren, did you have another one on your list? Um, you you sort of alluded to it a little bit um, in the scenes, but I really like Matthew's line reading on, I want your cubicle removed <laughs> immediately. 
Yeah. <laughs> not a great line itself, but the reading of it and his his like body movements when he's yeah. <laughs> he, he kind of like squats when he says it. <laughs> <laughs> you walk amongst us, my friend, not in front of us. <laughs> I also like he like brushes Dave back. He's like, David, I'm really getting worked up here. Like I'm really getting going here. Like <laughs> he's in the zone. <laughs> Oh man, just that whole like good. I don't have to repeat myself is gold. Like (laughs) it takes it away from a sitcom trope. Like I feel like that thing where someone thinks they're talking to someone and then they walk up behind them. I feel like that happens a lot in sitcoms. Yeah, and it. I don't think it usually ends that way. It usually ends up with them like being all embarrassed or now we have to engage in another conversation. Yeah, the whole stuttering. Yeah, mm -hmm. it. It. I don't think you usually see it with good. I don't have to repeat myself and yeah. storing off you know that's <laughs> that's not where it usually ends up <laughs> yeah let him finish oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay so i think that's pretty much all of my favorite quotes as well uh and i like the fact i got to do the you walk amongst us one more time um yeah <laughs> he's got to start eating red meat though i think it's super usable like that was that was a dead on call the part of that that was a good one. Oh, oh, uh not having to think about my co-workers at all <laughs> like that was a good line i thought <laughs> the things about me like he was not having to think about my co-workers at all <laughs> that was another kind of like tone, tone thing change, like yeah. he starts out kind of like nice and conversational and yeah. it, it ends up kind of sinister at the end <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, this is like an all-time tonal tonal switch uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, so I'll take care of our favorite quotes. Uh, before we move on to the next category, we're going to have some fun. And we're going to learn some facts about things mentioned in this episode in a segment we call Half-Truths and Gorilla Dust with Tom. Tom? Thanks for warming them up, Thad. Um, <laughs> uh, anyway... We, uh, we didn't have a ton of references in this one, so mm-hmm. basically just kind of highlight uh, some of the folks that were involved with this. Um, John Ritter, of course, plays uh, Dr. Frank. Um, most notably, uh, most famous for playing Jack Tripper on Three's Company. Uh, did eight seasons, uh, 170-some episodes, I believe, of Three's Company um, in the late 70s, early 80s. Um, he was also in the movie Sling Blade, among other movies, uh, mm-hmm. but that's probably the that's most right. famous one. Um he, as we alluded to, learned, alluded to earlier, he was on Eight Simple Rules uh, at the time of his death um, in mm-hmm. 2003 uh, due to aortic dissection, which is uh, apparently a thing where you get a puncture in your aorta and it starts the blood seepage, starts to separate your heart, which sounds very painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems like it was. Um, anyway, uh, he also... Uh, towards the end of his life was uh, playing, he was the voice of Clifford the Big Red Dog in several okay. installments of that. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know that either. That was uh, oh. new, new knowledge for me. Um, this episode was directed by Michael Lembeck. This was the first of a three-episode run that he did in season two. He also directed the next two episodes, Friends and Bill's Autobiography. Um, he directed 24 episodes of friends and also did about the same amount of mad about you so he was pretty Mm. well known on nbc at the time um he was an actor as well he's got like 70 some acting credits that were all kind of smaller roles but uh stretching back into the 70s um Mm. and outside of uh 
Jim, James Burroughs and Tom Sharonis, and I think maybe two other people that was like the most that anybody directed was like three on news radio because Tom Sharonis really had the bulk of them. Um, anyway, uh, the other thing, this was about therapy. Um, you know, Dr. Frank mm -hmm. was a, th a therapist. Um, it's a very popular thing in this country. Uh, 41.4 million adults in the U.S. have received therapy in the last year, according to the interwebs. Um, that constitutes 19.2% of the population here. So um, it is. it was a big thing then and still going strong. So, you know, if you're... If you need nice. it, go go get some therapy, and uh, that has been your half truths and a dash of gorilla dust. This <laughs> <laughs> is sprinkling. Sprinkling. We try not to. We don't want to OD <laughs> on the on the hooked section. I have too much no. gorilla dust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we had to lower our gorilla dust content. That's what we learned from our <laughs> earlier units. It's too high. Just the too uh, high. the USDA has has passed some rules on on how much gorilla yeah. dust you can have in a given segment. Just a sprinkling, a sprinkling of gorilla dust. That's all we need. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Add more half truths, but easy on the gorilla dust. A lot more half truths. They said that's fine. You can fill up on half truths as much as you want. <laughs> Get home safe. <laughs> All right, uh, well, we're going to move into our next category to review here, which is just our favorite gags, uh, some of the, the favorite jokes that we have, either long-running or just in this episode. Uh, Lauren, what were some of your favorite gags from this episode? Um, I liked the gag of no one finding Dave comforting. <laughs> like, he tries yeah. to get people yeah. to open up about their problems, and, like, we get Catherine telling him how sweet that is, but then telling Beth, you know, make sure you tell me when the doctor is available, and we've got... Dave insisting to Lisa that he's doing the same thing that Dr. Frank is doing, and Lisa is just so dismissive. Um, like, when he does it, people feel better. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, at every turn, he's trying to smooth things over, and nothing works, and um, yet when Dr. Frank does it, it accomplishes everything Dave couldn't do. And if it's a, to me, it's a little reminiscent of, like, the Bill versus Mark Davis vibe from Jackass yeah. Junior High. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> why is it not working? I'm doing everything he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just nobody finds Dave a comforting presence. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree 100%. Like, the whole thing of, like, having his own advice being given by somebody else. I was thinking more of the, the Walt and Bill when Bill's trying to be funny. Like, same episode. Uh, yeah. But I just think of the interaction with Walt and the in the Mikey the Microphone costume because that's like the most obvious example. The literal same joke yeah. yes. three seconds later right? <laughs> to like, the same audience. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tom, what was one of your favorite gags in the episode? Uh, just Joe typing on autopilot, like that gag of like, you know, reading it back and yeah. just does the whole dictation and does not, does not know how to filter it. <laughs> He was that in a trance. Cool, yeah. What can he say? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So one of my favorite was actually Dr. Frank's sexual addiction joke, which is tough because it's not, it's not, of course, like addiction is very serious and we realize that it's different than the 90s. But he says this statement where he talks about how he was impulsive, indiscriminate, students, faculty, men, women. And that comes back when he talks about Dave's nice hands mm, and he peeks right. over the wall with Bill. Right. So, like, it was a joke that I, again, like, I wasn't sure why they would make it at first, but then it comes right back and they actually use it twice to get two more laughs. 
you know, so I thought it was a joke worth uh, worth kind of pointing out. <laughs> Dr. Frank's getting a lot uh, <laughs> problems. <laughs> but that was very fun to joke. And I, I was like, wonder, like, is this the best use of sexual addiction as a bit in a TV show? Because that was kind of a joke that they use in a few type of episodes or a few type of things. Um, so I was like, this might be the best one. Like, I, you know, nobody feels dirty after watching this episode. <laughs> I hope. I do. <laughs> I keep moving on. (laughs) (laughs) Keep thinking of the Thirty Rock, where Dennis is like, um, "Yeah, my sexual addiction group is lousy with nymphos." (laughs) Yeah, so so inappropriate. I love that character. (laughs) All right, Uh, Lori, did you have another favorite gag that you wanted to bring up? Point out. Um, just like Dave being jealous of Lisa's romantic history and Lisa mm. parading her exes in front of him and then acting so surprised that he's jealous. <laughs> like, I think she, I think she loves it when he's jealous. I think that, that's <laughs> yeah. what does it for her. Conflict <laughs> turns her on, so. Yeah. That's right. This <laughs> <laughs> is like so inappropriate in front of, in front of your like current paramour. Like that's so inappropriate. <laughs> Who is also your boss? I mean, I, I, yeah, <laughs> right. Oh, <man>. uh, <laughs> okay, Tom. Another uh, gag that you had? Um, just uh, it's not really a gag, but I guess the the bringing down of the the cubicle wall. Um, yeah. You you see that later, a little more famously in Office Space. Uh, when Ron yeah. Livingston just kind of unscrews yeah. it and just knocks it down, he doesn't put it back up. But it's just funny that Stephen Root is a main is a big part of that as well. Good point. Mm. Oh, I like that. Yeah, the office space <laughs> connection. Um, all right, so I think I I liked that they made another uh, just kind of allusion to Beth eavesdropping, like it's a thing, you know. So it's kind of like you come out of this episode, you really don't know if she listened or not, you know. But the fact that she eavesdrops. Uh, is something that obviously comes back around a, a couple times. Uh, so I thought that was good. Uh, and I love Bill's downstairs slash elevator joke. <laughs> you know, like, it's super simple. Like, I don't even think that's the best way I've seen it, but I smile every time he does it. <laughs> let me go downstairs. Oh, let me take the elevator. The best you know. part to me is the little pause between when he pushes the elevator button <laughs> yeah. and he actually goes down. Looks side to side. Yeah. And then... <laughs> That made that gag. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Look okay, it's like touches. it's an old gag that he he did really well. You know, that's yep. yeah. one of my favorites. You know, that in community is probably my, my favorite when uh, Troy and Abed do it in community. <laughs> awesome uh, elevator. Awesome elevator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I just thought that was a gag at least worth mentioning. All right. Anything that we didn't hit for gags? No, that's all right. for me. got him. All right, moving on. Uh, going to our next category, favorite aspects, background catches. I've got kind of a bunch of these here. Um, Lauren, what is your favorite aspect or background catch we haven't mentioned yet? Um, when Dave and Matthew are having the conversation about Bill's cubicle and Matthew's saying his line about um, sharing breathing space with the rest of us idiots, mm-hmm. and Dave says, you know, he didn't really say that to you. Um, Matthew has a game of computer solitaire up on his screen. Yes. I just thought that was such a nice yes. touch. We hear yep. about the computer solitaire all the time. We don't right. often see it. And we got there that it flash. was yep. mid game too. Like he yeah. he had played it a little bit. 
Yeah, I saw that too. That was awesome. And I was that like, was oh, wow. Text. Like, that was like, we never do really see the screen or like, they never go back to it. You know, yeah. so it's only up right. there for a flash. Yeah, there it was. Great catch. <laughs> Tom, what's uh, what, one of your favorite aspects of background catches? Um, okay, and this is, this is something that's probably always there, but I think because of the way they had to shoot it um, with Frank and Jimmy lying on the couch, like somebody lying on the couch and somebody being across from the couch, mm-hmm. up at the top of Dave's office in the back corner, there are the, like these two half, half globes that are like like bronze or copper or something up on the top of the wall. Okay. I've never noticed these before. And it's the way that they're laid out because normally when you see that like flat map representation of two half globes, you yeah. see North America and South America on the left and Europe and Asia and Africa on the right. And this one has them flip-flopped, which I thought was really cool. And I've never noticed it before. I rewound it a couple times. Like, is that? Because you can't really, you know, some of these, the yeah. quality is not great. But you could definitely clearly see it if you paused it. And I was like, I've never noticed that before. And I, I love it. Oh, I didn't catch that. I'm going to have to go back and check that out. Yeah. yeah, something to look for. There you go. Nice. Um, one of my favorite <laughs> favorite aspects was the way that Dr. Frank leans out of the door to tell Lisa that he's ready for her. <laughs> like, it's, you know, like, he doesn't stand up and, like, motion to her. He, like, grabs it almost like it's a pole and leans yeah. out. <laughs> you know? And then he, like, tells her to come in. And then he kind of, like, pulls himself back in. Like, it's not just, like, walking out, telling her they're turning around. Like, <laughs> there's there's something that that's definitely kind of too familiar there's about something very suggestive about yes. it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like that's something I when I notice that I, that cracks me up when I watch it every time. Just, just, just Lisa, I'm ready for you and he just kind of like <laughs> slinks back in. And I think that's the reveal too that he has taken off his coat. Like he walks into oh, the office okay. I I think with his coat on and then as he leans out the coat is off. <laughs> and it's okay, like yeah. what's about to go down in there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a dangerous thinking. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. All right. Uh, Lauren, what's another one on your list? Um, I just kind of like the way Matthew shoves his tissue up his nose when he says mm-hmm. his line, well, aren't we funny <laughs> in the cold open? It just added a lot of visual comedy to what was already a very funny, like, little slice of a scene. Um, that whole so scene Matthew. was just so, like, rapid fire, like, all these funny little, like, vignettes. And that just, yeah. like... That was like the punctuation on that part of the scene, I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's just so Matthew with the hat, like <laughs> the hat and the tissue up the nose, and he oh, turns oh, and looks man. at Joe, and it's just hanging out. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what? oh boy, <laughs> you are annoying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, Tom, what's another one on your list there? Okay, so I don't know if this was intentional or not, but it really works in the in the cold open. Um, when Dave is talking to, I think Catherine, and then and he he gets separated from her by an extra kind of like bumps into Dave and has to like go around him. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. just like everything is going wrong. That, like yeah. even that is going like even the people that don't talk are getting in his way. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, I, I don't know if it was. It, it might not have been on purpose. It, it right, might have just, but it worked. Weird. It really worked with the the whole vibe of the scene. Yeah, I was curious about that too because it, it really did almost look like it was just a real accident, and they just kind of mm-hmm. like got in each other's way, and then they just went on with the scene. Um, but yeah, I did notice that that extra kind of get in the way, and then have to step in front of them to get around mm-hmm. them. Which I was like, oh, big day for the extra. 
<laughs> uh, or at least so he thought. Right. <laughs> the show's going to run forever. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. I think I had one was... Uh, I just kind of jump on some. So he said, "Dave therapizing the therapists," and then he starts with the "you know" joke at the end. He actually starts it, and then Doctor Frank spreads it uh, to Catherine, and and I think she might use it one more time, or he might use it one more time. Uh, but I just like the flip, like like as we mentioned before. Of, of <laughs> like, I like it that it flips where Dave again takes kind of the power position, kind of takes control. But I like the fact that he actually provides therapy for the therapist specifically. <laughs> I thought that was kind of a nice little little touch, a little insight. Um, all right, Lauren? I got one more. It's just something I, I noticed and I found it unusual. Okay. Um, Beth doesn't chew any gum in this episode. Wow. And maybe it was especially mm. noticeable coming off of smoking that we just <laughs> right. we just went through in which she is chewing an upsetting amount of gum. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the whole episode. I went back and I watched every scene she's in. She never chews any gum. I thought that was really unusual and kind of notable. Mm. Maybe that's what she's annoyed about. She ran out of gum. <laughs> <laughs> that actually, like, I would buy that 100%. It ruined her yeah. whole day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, hmm. That is that is you're right. It's already kind of been established that that's a part of her character. So that's right. really, mm-hmm. that is really yeah. I did not notice that. That's good. <laughs> good. Uh, all right, Tom. Uh, another aspect. Uh, no, we covered all mine. All right, so I've got a couple. I'm gonna move one or two to the next categories. Um, but I noticed that Dave gets called David a lot in this episode. Like I think I think uh, Catherine and right. I think Matthew. Uh, and I think one more person, possibly Bill, but I don't remember. But like, I just noticed like David, the full name, instead of just Dave, came out a bunch mm-hmm. of times this episode. Um, I liked that Jimmy being mad early kind of isolated Dave to try to solve his problem of the, of the cranky office. You know, like again, like everybody else is in a bad mood and now the boss is in a bad mood. Like Dave is on the island. He's um, on his own. <laughs> yeah, Bill chased them off away from Lisa, so he can't even really count on her support, like. I just thought it was really a, a nice touch to kind of like set that mood of, of what Dave was up against. Hmm. Um, yeah. Let's see, I got like three three more. Um, Bill smoking cigar at the office, something we've seen a couple of times. Like again, in the mm-hmm. office, the cigar. <laughs> Bill in his underwear again smoking cigar. <laughs> but that was in how that. he relaxes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the milk? Just, <laughs> right. <laughs> oh. That's what he should put in a cubicle and hide. <laughs> that is something worth hiding. Boxer, cigar, milk. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> but again, another combo. cigar. Another cigar. Rinse. I'm like, man, like, the cigar watch is officially on. Um, <laughs> Bill's thumbs up to Dave from the booth when he points at the cubicle. <laughs> that is one of my absolute favorites. It's just like, yeah, it's great, isn't it? You know? <laughs> And he gives him the, like the hold on so he finishes and comes out. But that thumbs up moment is like really yeah. great. It's good. <laughs> Winning uh, smile. Yeah. Don't yeah. think I could get away with that. <laughs> like knowing my boss is mad about something <laughs> I, I did and just like thumbs yeah, up. <laughs> awesome, right? <laughs> great idea, right? <laughs> yeah, it's that is one of my favorite parts. Uh, and my last one for this category is going to be how messy the conference table is with no one sitting at it. Uh, when Dave is getting ready to go into the office, the whole thing with Beth and, and uh, Catherine, 
the table is an absolute mess. There's papers, <laughs> there's bottles, and there's nobody there. There's and a I'm juice just like, box. Is there a juice, juice box? box again? Uh, Who is see. drinking the juice boxes? <laughs> Dave. Matthew. <laughs> Dave the juice box. The little boy in the blue suit. <laughs> um, but all right, so you notice the table, Lord, right? Like, yeah. What's up with that? Like, <laughs> like who's respond? Like, who leaves a cut? Co- like, what is that all about? And nobody, know. nobody ever clears the drinks away. They stay there like the whole episode. Like, yeah. Maybe I should have put this in enigmas, but I was just like, <laughs> it, it's a, it's a real mess. Like, how does where that is Milos? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Milos. Maybe that's is the real he's maybe he's like very depressed because of everybody's attitude, and he's just not gonna come in until it's all cleared up. He's sitting in the janitor's closet, like you can't right. make me go out there and talk to them. <laughs> doesn't say that at all, does it? <laughs> My terrible Bill impression. Um. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I put that in the wrong in the wrong one, but the messiness of that table was astounding to me. I was just like, <laughs> "What in the what?" Like, no. Uh, but that is a good lead into our episode enigmas that we have not asked yet. All right, so Tom, what is another enigma from this episode that you do not have an answer for? Uh, you alluded to it just just a minute ago, but. The smoking cigars. Um, with yeah. the anti-smoking, we just did. Yes. We just did episode smoking. <laughs> right. Why are cigars? Why? You know, he he does get him to try to stop with the cigarettes. Yeah. But the cigars apparently are okay, and from not just Bill, we've we've also seen Joe. Joe yeah. with cigars. So inside in the office. In inside in the office, and then they've all done it. They all did it at Led Zeppelin too. I guess it was a special occasion because they didn't burn <laughs> That's up. That's right. You know? That's so right. so what are they going to do? Have more fire. Great. Good job. <laughs> um yeah, I, I I definitely thought that that was a good <laughs> so how where is and you know what when uh when Bill goes in there with Dave and he puts on the tape player with the little music yeah. You see the puffs go up, and right. I'm just like, what? <laughs> uh, but I did like the fact that as far as addictions go, for an addictions unit, it's like we have, we still have the cigarette. Like, nicotine is yeah. still yeah. in the running. Two episodes mm-hmm. strong, uh, yep. and we're going to throw sexual addiction on top of that. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> hooked. Uh, <laughs> All right, and I'm going to say this now, too. Bill definitely goes into the trash and pulls out those packs. Right, like we're all in agreement in that, right? Like, oh, oh yeah, those are four, five brand new packs. Yeah, and he just puts them in. Like, there's no way Bill doesn't go back and at least take them home and smoke them later. You know? like, oh yeah. I mean, yeah. they weren't as expensive then, but New York, I think it already passed like some things. They were probably five bucks a pack then in New York. Nowadays, yeah. it'd be like fifteen bucks a pack. You're definitely grabbing those out of the trash. Yeah, like that. <laughs> no doubt. And even um, like the the cost aside, those are his little buddies. Exactly, that's true. Right? Yeah, He's but there's like go eighty them. to hundred of them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's like, like yeah, that's a yeah. lot it's, of it's a half a carton. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so I was like, all right, let's all be in agreement on that. Like, he definitely went back in and fished those out. Like, Doctor sure. Frank didn't do a great job of getting rid of those things. <laughs> those are hard packs in cellophane. It's not yeah. like you can wipe them off if they get a little stuff on them. And he walks away immediately. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, I would, you should have shown Bill, like, watching him out. <laughs> that should have been the scene. We have him on his hands and knees, like, going back into the garbage can. <laughs> um, okay, uh, Lord, what is another episode enigma for you? Um, so mine kind of ties into your uh, added scene. So I want to know, who was Jimmy trying to call 
from Dave's phone when he misdialed. <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> he hangs up. He has a conversation with Dave. And then he leaves. He yeah. never tries to redial the right person. <laughs> so who was that? Who was he trying to call? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good question. And for what? What was the reason? What yeah. was the purpose? Why does he make these calls from Dave's office anyway? <laughs> like, he has his own office. He's got his own office. <laughs> Just not as much fun. Yeah. Just not as much fun. He likes to wear dead men's clothes and use other men's offices. <laughs> Call other men's moms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one of the yeah one of the leading guesses for who you're trying to call. <laughs> All right, so I have a, a neighbor. This is the one that kind of it, it doesn't make any sense to me the most. When Jimmy is laid out on the couch, why are his shoes on the table? They're on the coffee table, and when he gets up, he takes them off the coffee table and puts them on, right? But like, why you take your shoes off to lay down? Okay. Why would you put them on the coffee table instead of leaving them on the floor? Like, that to me is just like, I don't understand that move. And there's no real logical reason for it. They're on some newspaper, but like, Still maybe for the scene, problem. it was too hard to lean over. You know, maybe do the scene, lean over and get the shoes, but I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> hygiene is right. Like, who takes their shoes off and puts them on the coffee table while they curl <laughs> on the couch? <laughs> Bad house guest. Bad house guest. You don't know how they do things in Florida. I don't. I don't know how rich people do things either. That <laughs> like, just could be me. Like in, in my neighborhood, a chocolate that would get thrown at them real quick. <laughs> like, that's a, get them off my table. Um, all right, Tom. What's another enigma that you had for this episode? Uh, I think we've actually covered all the ones that I had. So, all right. Feel I free. anticipate Lauren having one or two, <laughs> and that giggle makes me think five or six. All right, Lauren. <laughs> give us give us a good one. Okay, um, so I, I just want to say, like, I've been looking at too many budget spreadsheets lately, and I know that, so I'm just going to warn you okay. of that, all right? Um, okay, so this is a two-part question. Okay. How much do you think it costs to bring in Dr. Frank for the day, and who is paying for it? WNYX or Mr. James personally? Therapists aren't cheap by the hour, and here they are booking him for the whole day. Corporate, too, yeah. It seems like if the station had a budget for that, Dave would have known about it. But it also doesn't really seem like the type of thing Mr. James would pay for personally. Although maybe <laughs> it's a tax write-off? I don't know. So I just want to know, <laughs> how much is Dr. Frank getting paid for this? And who's paying for it? Those are my questions. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. I'm just like, this is like, we just turned this into a word problem. Uh, Dr. Frank does eight hours in 1994. Uh, at what rate? For how many hours? What is the likelihood that the budgeting comes from? Like, you're not wrong. It's a good question. And I'm trying to figure it out. Like, I'm like, let's see. Like, if he made, like, let's say $200 an hour back then is probably reasonable. So let's say $250 because it was corporate. You know, like, it's one of those things so he's there for a full day so he's we're talking about a couple grand you know like, and like that is conceivably in some sort of pocket budget but i don't think it'd be wnyx i think it'd be jimmy or like a jimmy james incorporated fund type thing right okay okay parent company maybe. yeah, yeah like, i don't think in their station they would have it or it'd be like four hundred dollars for a pizza party <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah like, their I mean, rainy day fund can't be that big when the helicopter fuel budget was over budget, Dave had yeah. to spend a whole day tracking that down because it was that big of a deal. And wasn't it like yeah. $6,000? Yeah. 
Yeah. And and Jamie was like, I remember when six thousand dollars was a lot of money to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we also know that like he doesn't like to pay for things personally for the employees. Like Matthew and injury, like he couldn't just pay for Matthew's medical bills because Roger was like, No, that'll set a precedent. That blah blah blah. Yeah, wait in the car. Yeah. <laughs> well, he uses Doctor Frank himself, so maybe there's a write-off somewhere. Yeah, you know, like maybe. maybe there's some sort of way that he he comes out on top. He's a, he is a conspiracy mastermind, so there's probably some sort of tax loop. <laughs> Back when they founded it in, in 1883, <laughs> like, yeah. there's, a, there's a tax loop that they put in there for, for psychologists to come in and treat the staff. Um, but that's a pretty good math problem because I am kind of curious what how much he was paid and where that money did come from. I did warn you. I've, I've been looking at too many budget spreadsheets lately. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't been sleeping well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to get to this next one because I swear it's going to be on Lauren's list and I'm just going to beat her to it. What is the award on Bill's desk? I feel like it's been asked before somewhere, but like why? It, this is before the staff wins all the apses in the episodes. What award does Bill have on his desk? What has he won that in his, let's call it Spartan cubicle, uh, <laughs> that's one of the few items that's there? Yeah, because it doesn't look like an ABSA. That's like the no. one award that I could kind of recognize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it um, looks, looks like he won a gym class uh, like obstacle course or something. <laughs> he won it at his aunt's radio station. Yeah. <laughs> office party <laughs> he was the MVP of the office party so it's like a Dundee yeah, yeah. <laughs> great. All right. so I just want to throw that one out there because I know it was on Lauren's list I figured I'd uh, help her out and get to it first knock that off um, knock that off the list Lauren what's another one that is on your list okay I have one more on my list it's another two part question okay um where did Bill get the cubicle from that he paid for with his own money? And since the answer is obviously Joe, mm -hmm. how much did Joe upcharge him for it? Nice. On the same page. I like that. Right <laughs> right. I, I, I have to uh, put in that it could have come from Tony Palmer at Desperate Volume. <laughs> you want to make a deal? <laughs> <laughs> you ready to bargain? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> um, I... It, like it's got to be at least 500 bucks they charge the them some, just to put it in like a hundred dollars yeah. a wall in, in installment it sounds like a joe <laughs> deal that bill would have to go for i bet he broke it down like that well okay you, you got four walls and uh right. let's see 16 hinges and uh okay it's gonna come out to yeah yeah you owe me 500 bucks and if you want to make it good you need the gorilla 1600 over here in the corner blowing <laughs> cold air on you right right <laughs> yep it works yeah film it <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I have two-ish uh, to get to. The first one we kind of touched on a little bit. Lisa says, I told you about him to Dave. What did she tell him? You know, because it's like, I kind of feel like I would remember a professor that my girlfriend had told me she slept with in college. Like, I think I would remember that. So whatever you told me wasn't that. <laughs> Maybe it was, I mean, I still think it could be a complete lie that she never told him anything at all. Yeah. But maybe it was something like, um, you know, the name Frank came up somewhere and she was like, oh, yeah, I, I had a fling with a guy named Frank in college. Oh. And that was it. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah, and yeah. so then that gives her, like, the the credibility to be like, I told you about him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Left out a few pertinent details there. Right. Uh, you, and, you and Frank? Yes. <laughs> yes. I told you. 
Um, all right, so yeah, but my question is, what did she tell him? Is that what she told him? Like, what, what did she say? Did she not say anything? That's my question. Um, and my final question was a little bit is like, what is everyone's individual reason for hating the cubicle? Because Catherine is the one who asked for it to come down. So I'm kind of like, maybe it wouldn't rub everybody the wrong way, but of everybody that's there, you know, we know it bothers Matthew. We know that Catherine has come down. We know that Dave wants it down. You know, what is everybody's motivation? Why does Catherine want it down? Why does it bother Catherine? Like, she's the one who should be celebrating it, you would think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, so just, again, I don't even want to go through character by character, but I just wanted to ask, is like, what is everybody's individual reason for hating the cubicle? Um, because, quite frankly, again, aside from the smoking complaint, maybe he's not so bad. Yeah, maybe schadenfreude. Just, you know, just we want Bill to be upset. <laughs> and maybe that's it. You know, like, maybe it's all ridiculous. Um, I don't know. So that's what I got. Okay. Any uh, final enigmas? We got everybody's list? Yep. Awesome. All right. Now we're going to go to a segment we call a time capsule from the internet with Lauren. Lauren? Okay. So as noted, there were no posts in the Usenet forum from the time this episode aired. However, I scoured the internet for time capsule information from this date in history. So... The, the week this episode aired, Phil Hartman also appeared in an episode of the John Larroquette show. The episode was titled A Movable Feast, and I was unable to find a plot synopsis for that episode online, but Phil was credited with the role of Otto Friedling. So who hmm. is evil Otto now? <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely done. <laughs> Um, on this day, November 7th, 1995, the Howard Stern radio show premiered in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania on WXDX 105.9 FM. The number one movie at the U.S. box office was Apollo 13. The number one song in the U.S. was Fantasy by Mariah Carey. Love it. And some celebrities celebrating birthdays on this day were Joni Mitchell turning 52, uh, Christopher Knight, best known as Peter from the Brady Bunch, turning 38. Uh, Jeremy London, sort of famous from uh, Mallrats and Party of Five, turning 23. And uh, Adam Devine, famous for uh, Workaholics and Pitch Perfect, turning 12, in case you want to feel really, really old. (laughs) I don't know, really, really old. (laughs) (laughs) And that has been a time capsule from the Internaut. All right. Thank you, Lauren, for that glimpse into the very, 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 very distant past, apparently. <laughs> 12 years old. Great. Um, all right, moving on. We're going to go to our catch-all category, and we're actually going to start with a, we're actually going to start with a recasting. Um, we just thought it would be fun to talk about what other sitcom star could step in for Dr. Frank and do a great job in this episode. Uh, so, Tom, why don't you give us who you think would do a, be a great recast for the Dr. Frank character? Um, so I was thinking of like sitcom stars kind of uh, in that era. Um, and I was thinking Tim Daly from Wings mm, would have been a good yeah, one. Yeah, I thought about Kind that. of got, you know, uh, more, I guess more of a physical presence. I think he's a little taller than John yeah. Ritter maybe. And yeah. just like even a little more intimidating to Dave, I would think. Um, yeah, good point. Because he's be- I think he's like more handsome than, than John Ritter, I don't, you know. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah, I could see Lisa. I could definitely see Lisa with uh, with Tim Daly, right? Know, the, the character for sure. 
Um, okay, Lauren, who was uh, someone that you would recast Dr. Frank with? Um, so I was thinking, yeah, like it needs to be someone um, in the age range who could have plausibly been a college professor when right. Lisa was a college student. Um, and it needs to be someone like charismatic and charming enough to make the mm-hmm. staff love him and make Dave jealous. So I thought of um, Ted Danson. Um, he was kind of known as like a smooth, charismatic guy on Cheers, and uh, he was yeah. close in age to John Ritter. He's charming. Mm-hmm. Uh, bartenders are kind of known as like the poor man's therapist, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you could see everyone on staff. You could see how they would have liked him and would have wanted yeah. to open up to him and how Dave would have been extremely jealous of him. So I kind of think it works. Yeah, I could definitely see yeah. Ted Danson stepping yep. in like that. Like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a good pick. <laughs> that's a really good pick. All right, so uh, my recast would have been Alan Thicke. Wow. You need okay. a guy who's a little bit older. You get that that kind of aspect with Lisa, and a guy that everyone is going to love immediately when they step on on screen. He's got charisma, so you get why people like him, and it makes Dave seem weird for being suspicious. <laughs> you know, so I you know I thought again I really thought that John Ritter did a great job, but I thought Alan Thicke might be a, a recast that would have worked really really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my second That's choice a good pick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All right, Tom. Who's your second recast? Okay, so I was thinking also of maybe somebody from from now who, yeah. who like if you could time shift them. Um, but I was thinking Joel McHale would be a good oh. one because you know he's probably around forty now, and that, that would be like around the age range that you could plausibly think he was a professor when Lisa was still in college. That's um, interesting. Yeah. Um, but then I also, because Joel McHale was on Community, I was like, well, yeah. Chevy Chevy Chase then would have been very good. Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. It he would have worked. Because he would have been about well. 50-ish. Is that about right? May, yeah, maybe. I 45, yeah, 50, something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, that would have been, yeah, yeah. been interesting. <laughs> about Ted Danson's age, I think. Um yeah. I uh, I would love Joel McHale as Stuart, I think, as her ex. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. that would actually be yeah, really, really oh, great. Like, yeah. Nice. <laughs> like, you can see why she would like him, but also see why it wouldn't work. Uh, <laughs> and definitely he has that oozing charm. <laughs> uh, oozing is the right that's word. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good one, Tom. I do like that. That is good. That's good. All right, uh, Lauren, what's your second choice for a recast? Um. So I could also kind of see Tony Danza um, because he was also a sitcom star about the right age. He was also sort of of charming and likable. I don't know if he's quite as charismatic, but I think you could have gotten some mileage out of jokes about Joe sort of idolizing him. Oh, (laughs) I think we would have got a little extra. I think that would have been really funny. Um, Uh, He's also two inches shorter than John Ritter. So maybe the cubicle jokes would have played a little bit more realistic because John Ritter, it's like so obvious he's tall enough. He could have seen over the cubicle Easily, wall. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, that's the problem with the, wanted... Andy jo- with the Andy Dick, uh, you know, Matthew, like, yeah. can I speak over? It's like, you're already peeking over. You can already <laughs> see over. Yeah. Um, Good point. But mostly Good point. I just wanted to hear Thad say Angela <laughs> in his Tony Angela. Danza voice. <laughs> so mission accomplished. <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> that was Cookie Monster. <laughs> that's yeah. uh, like like that was so interesting like i think that john ritter has a little bit of authority that's the thing is like like tim daly has a, a authoritative type presence 
And like, <laughs> Whereas, I, I don't think that. Um, Tony Dance is more like. <laughs> uh, hey, yo, oh, hey. <laughs> Bill, you old dog. You know, like I can see, like it's a little, almost like a sing song delivery, like. Uh, but that would be really interesting. Like, of course, we all love Tony Danza, so yeah. And then I get to make who's the boss jokes like for the rest of my life. <laughs> In this episode, who's the boss? <laughs> uh, okay, let's get away from that. Lisa, <laughs> Lisa. Uh, my second choice, and I, like it's weird because I can see it working, I can see it not working. Would be John Lithgow. Like this is kind oh. of around the Third Rock from the Sun era. Okay. You know, so again, he's kind of in that he's kind of in that age range where he's just old enough to make it uncomfortable, um, <laughs> not, not too old where he's creepy, right? You know, like right in that spot where it's conceivable, and he's got the charisma where you can see it, and he definitely plays like that backstabbing, like you know, clap you on the back and, and wink behind your back at somebody else type of character. Um, so again, like I can see it not working, but I can see it working, and John Lithgow I think would be really interesting. Mm. But, <laughs> I like that one too. That's what I've got. Um, all right, so that's our recast. All right, we haven't done it in a little bit, so that was that was fun. Um, I wanted to talk about any extra keepsakes that we had on the lists. Um, my list, I had Bill's Yankees cap. I had that too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. <laughs> that's also why I give my answer first, because uh, <laughs> that's all I had on my list. <laughs> um, well, the cubicle, obviously, which Tom yeah, the cubicle, had. yeah, cubicle was first on my list too. <laughs> um, all right, Lauren, did you have any other keepsakes? It wasn't a real prop-heavy episode. The it only wasn't. other thing I kind of came up with was the uh, the monthly report that yeah. Dave is kind of yeah. using to like get back into his office <laughs> to interrupt the Lisa session. I'm just always interested in the paper props, just because I really want to see what's, what's on, on there. there. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's always clearly it's never just a blank sheet of paper right. that they're they're pretending with. There's always something on there, so I always want to see what's mocked up on there. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, the funniest report by itself is not very interesting as a prop, but the actual <laughs> prop to see what is on there is, is definitely a, a pretty good angle. Yeah. Um, Tom, did you have any other keepsakes that you wanted to mention? Well, I mentioned the uh, the half globes in yep. Dave's office uh, on the yeah. wall, um, but also that I, I would take the packs of Marlboro Lights because they're worth like 60 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> To display or wear, Tom. Uh, display and, you know. Display in his mouth as he smokes them at halftime. <laughs> Absolutely. If, if I get the urge again, you know, I got to Albany up. today. <laughs> <laughs> Governor Pataki. <laughs> okay. Well, again, I don't have any other keepsakes. Uh, Lauren, did you have any more? No, that was it. Good. Tom? Nope. I got them all. All right, so I want to make a quick mention of some of the fashion uh, in here. I, I really liked Lisa's outfit. Um, like, it didn't seem unprofessional, but she seemed also, like, you know, attractive. You know, like, this, like this, not only is this guy coming to the office for Dave, but she's kind of dressed in a way where I think she's really attractive. So it's just kind of like, uh, like, this guy gets to see my girl while she's kind of done up. Like, to me, it definitely kind of added a little bit of tension. Uh, between between like the Dave and and uh, Dr. Frank character over Lisa, so uh, I, I thought that her outfit was really good. That's a good point because she she knows he's coming right. That he he announces that Dr. Frank is coming, and then they yeah. they get one day's notice. So she yeah. she probably dressed 
for that, right? So she comes in the first day all in like gray, you know, gray and black. And then yeah. she comes in the second day, she's in like blue floral, you know, and she's got her hair up. We don't always see Lisa with her yeah. hair up. So she, yeah, she put in a little little extra effort. Exactly. You know, like, and again, it's, it's great because it, it's not obvious. You know, like, you know, like when a guy does it, they come in like a tuxedo, you know, like just way <laughs> over the top, you know, like for her, it's like, it's like, wait a minute, like, hey, like Lisa's looking pretty good today. Like it's subtle, um, but I think it makes a difference in the episode. I, so I really did. You know, I wanted to mention again, we call her out when she has really dull outfits. Um, mm-hmm. This is one that's that was really good. Um, well, I was I looked at both um, a lot and the. The second day, when when Doctor Frank is in there, she's yeah. showing a little more decolletage than normal. Like, right? Yeah. She's she's you know, normally she's pretty buttoned up. Yeah. Um, like the first day, she was you know she had kind of like a gray sweatery shirt um, with the collar, um, mm-hmm. looked nice. I thought, and she was wearing like a mini skirt, which she doesn't often do. But then the second day, when Doctor Frank does come in, she's with her normal floor length type of uh, uh, skirt. So it's like on in one hand, yeah, it looks like she's dressing up a little bit for him, but on the other hand, maybe not. Right. But uh, the, the hair is actually the same both days. She does oh, have the it? same similar updo. Okay. With like the two little fronds down the front, or curls, or whatever <laughs> down the front. Um, but everybody else seems to have stepped up their game, uh, as, other than like Jimmy and Dave, because they wear basically the same thing all the time. But hmm. uh, Bill is not wearing a tie the day before. Frank comes in. He's wearing a tie the next day. Um, I guess Catherine's pretty much. She, she just always looks professional, so you could throw this is her true. in with with um, <laughs> with Dave and Jimmy. But uh, Beth is more buttoned up a little bit. Um, you know, she looks a little more professional than. than well, that's a, I mentioned the, the coat. Day. She's got like it's like the yeah. snow leopard pattern coat, right. um, which I did want to call out. So this is a good time. But like, yeah, I'm like, is that more professional? I guess it's showy. It is something like that one you want to grab a little attention, right? Lauren, I'm going to go to you on this one. I don't I, have very many snow leopard coats. <laughs> I feel like it's Beth's idea of a professional outfit. I don't think oh, Beth really okay, has a good idea of like what makes a professional outfit, but she's probably like a jacket. Like if you're pro- pro- yeah. professional, you wear a jacket to the office. Right. So I'll put on a jacket and she goes to her closet and she's like, I got cheetah. I got snow leopard. <laughs> okay, we'll go snow leopard. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, but yeah, so Tom, Tom, noticing the differences from day one to day two with the, with the dress. Excellent. And Joe and uh, Matthew also, like... Joe's wearing the unbuttoned flannel first day, and then he's mm. wearing more like a sweater type of thing the second day, which is not a big difference, but it, it definitely looks a little better. It looks oh. a little more yeah. like office wear. Well, Mr. James is going to be the office. Got to figure everybody wanted to not embarrass themselves <laughs> to the boss, right? Like, hopefully, maybe. Maybe. Um, <laughs> visitor to the office. Dress code. <laughs> all right. So that's all I have for fashion. Did either of you want to mention anything else fashion-wise? No. Okay. Um, all right. So we're just in our catch-all section. So this is now where we are going to uh, discuss uh, anything else we haven't mentioned yet. Um, Tom, did you have anything else that you want to mention in the catch-alls? No, I think we covered the recasting and the, the outfits. So yeah, we're good. Yeah, we got a couple couple of mind lists too. Uh, Lauren, something that you had in the catch-all? Um, just wanted to say that, like having worked in a lot of offices and sat in a lot of cubicles. 
Yeah. Um, the setup of Bill's cubicle has always bothered me. <laughs> <laughs> he's basically fully enclosed. Like, yeah, it's there's a no setup. real opening. Like, he's got one, the back wall is propped at an angle so he can go in and out. That's yeah. not how cubicles work. No. And I get that it had to be that way for the gag, but it's something that has always bothered me. Um, and then also just that, you know, both Andy Dick and John Ritter were plenty tall enough to see over the yeah. cubicle wall. So maybe they could have gotten taller cubicle walls to make that joke work a little bit better. But maybe, I don't know, you, you got to suspend disbelief a little yeah. bit, I guess. <laughs> it's also funny because, like, Joe would have to be sitting on the floor when he gets up behind Bill. But, like, <laughs> you know, like, him sitting regular is like, you're going to see him. Like, he's back there. Yeah. So he had to be, like, <laughs> sitting on the floor before he stood up and... <laughs> He complimented it on his way out. <laughs> Which is probably Bill when he Bill, like, Joe, get in here. We're going to mess with Matthew. Like, tell me how great a job it is when he shows up, when he starts asking. He was probably smoking the cigar. That's how Bill gets uh, the smoke up so fast. <laughs> he was probably smoking the cigar, put it back on the ashtray, and then stood mm-hmm. up and left. And then Bill picked it up. Case closed. Probably in there, like, crouched, like, prepared right. to stand up as soon as he hears his line. <laughs> <laughs> Who do detectives do it again? Yay! <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, yeah, the setup is definitely horrible. Like, there's no question about it. Just structurally no good. Not good for working. Not good for relaxing. Not good for office structures, feng shui. None of it. <laughs> no. Um, all right. So, I have, the first thing I have on my list is I actually have to disagree with Tom's round one answer. I did not think it was a good staff meeting table episode. Uh, that I didn't think that that scene that scene was very informative and it kind of moved it forward, but it really had the biggest joke at the end with Lisa and Dave. You know, so I did agree. Like it had a lot of it had a lot of funniness in terms of like the atmosphere that was created, but I like the bigger jokes. You know, like when you get a, a punchline or two in there, and we didn't get that to the end. Uh, so I actually didn't think it was a strong staff meeting scene episode. Uh, but Tom let off with it, so we definitely were on opposite sides of that opinion. <laughs> Lauren, <laughs> any I, weigh-ins I li- on the staff table? I liked it. I had that in my list. Um, I liked the quick reactions, you know, the, um, like where you know Dave mm, is trying true. to get um, somebody to go first, yeah. and and you know he's he's going to each of them in turn, off, and like you get a different, <laughs> slightly different reaction from everybody. And Catherine's like, "Back off, David!" And <laughs> Joe just gets that evil look yeah. in his eye, and and then Beth, Beth he goes, "Beth, Dave." <laughs> like, okay. okay. <laughs> I actually I thought it was a, a good scene. I liked it. I liked the pacing of it. All right, that's fair. Again, not my favorite, but that's fair. <laughs> Gang up on me. That's fine. <laughs> okay Lord, did you have anything else for the catch-all i've got one thing left um i've got one more thing go for it um i just wanted to say that i liked the fact that with the exception of dave everyone was on board with a little therapy yeah um and even dave came around to it in the end so i think it could have easily been treated like mental health care is often treated in this country like Mm. you're, you're weak if you need it or that it's something to be ashamed of and you shouldn't talk about it so i like the way that they they approached it in this episode like Everyone was open about it. Everyone was on board. Everyone was talking yeah. about it freely and was very welcoming of the idea. Unusual in the 90s. <laughs> One of those things that aged well from the show. Yeah. yeah. You, yeah. you should have gone last. That should have been how we ended it. <laughs> like, because mine is not as optimistic. <laughs> Damn. 
Yeah, that's a that's a really good it's a really good point you're at. Like you know when when therapy wasn't as cut and dry accepted as being a really beneficial thing, the mm-hmm. fact that they were so accepting and, and so uh, you know open to doing it and looking forward to doing it definitely sent a positive message about therapy. Which <laughs> brings me to my last thing about Dr. Frank being a complete creep and <laughs> terrible therapist. Um, so our first clue is, do you guys notice that when he comes in, he gives Beth the hug and like holds her by the waist, shakes two people's hands while he's got Beth pressed mm-hmm. up into his chest and then it's grabbing her by the waist. And I'm like, yo, like if I'm grabbing a girl by the waist like that, then we're probably dancing. And sometimes <laughs> I mean dancing and sometimes I do not mean dancing when I say dancing. Uh, like you don't just grab like like I was really thinking like man is Dr. Frank have something going with Beth too because it was super familiar again like Tom imagine a woman that you would actually like hold to yourself like that shake two other people's hands and then get two hands on the waist afterwards you know like yeah, no, mm, that's, that's a pretty small list yeah, way guessing. too familiar you know yeah that's so so to me like I was like that was like wait a minute this Dr. Frank character coming in um <laughs> Like, what if he was just hitting on everybody the whole episode? Like, everybody thinks he's kidding because they love him, but he's basically just hitting on them the whole time. <laughs> we need you. Sometimes we really need you. Said that line to just about everybody, didn't he? <laughs> um, but, like, yeah, in general, though, Dr. Frank, uh, not a good therapist, Tom pointed out, doesn't come in with a briefcase, no notes, doesn't seem very professional, you know, goes overtime with his ex-girlfriend, Lisa, lets Jimmy <laughs> sleep on the couch. Um, you know, again, super inappropriate in how familiar he is with Lisa. You know, like, I love the look that Dave gives him when, when they hug at the end of her therapy session. And Dave's just like, what the, what? <laughs> Yeah, Lisa leaves and uh What does he do so. with his with his patients when they're under when they're under hypnosis? Yeah. <laughs> like again, like I don't wanna think I don't wanna think bad about, you know, Dr. Frank, but it like Yeah, him dating some patients is probably on the table based on what I've seen so far from this guy. You know, like I think he's crossing some some lines there. Uh, but yeah, if you didn't see how he was with Beth, I noticed that I was just like, whoa, <laughs> like yeah. possibly more familiar than he is with Lisa, where he touches Lisa's hair or face. Oh man, like if I was Dave right there, mm. I don't even know what I would have done. I'd have been like, what the, what the, what are you, what? Yeah, people at home, I'm making all sorts of outraged faces. All right, yeah. We'll um, put photos on the internet, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that podcast with Quasimodo? That guy? <laughs> um, yeah, but I think Dr. Frank is kind of a creep. Like, I think that, like, you know, he's a little too familiar with Beth. He's obviously way too familiar with Lisa considering the situation. Uh, I, I am kind of very curious of what his interactions with Catherine were like, quite frankly. Uh, and even Beth, you know, like we get Beth kind of out of character around Dr. Frank, like, mm-hmm. mm, I don't get a good wholesome vibe from this guy. <laughs> so <laughs> I thought it was worth mentioning and pointing out mm-hmm. <laughs> bad Dr. Frank. So again, boys and girls, uh, stay <laughs> okay, away from therapy. So is... they're, they're all creeps. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the message. That is, definitely should have flipped Lawrence. 
As soon as she started going, I was like, oh no. <laughs> I'm going the other direction. <laughs> Go to therapy, but not Dr. Frank. Yeah. See Find yourself a, a therapist you're comfortable with. How's that? Yeah. But not too comfortable with. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we are actually at our last uh, last category, which is our episode explained badly or headlines. Um, and Lauren, I'm gonna have you go first. What is one of your episode explained badly slash headlines for this episode? A therapist arrives in the office, solving some emotional problems and creating others. Yeah, <laughs> accurate. Very accurate. <laughs> Put it in the TV guide. It was. All right, well, I've only got one, too, so I'm going to go before Tom closes it because he's looking like he's definitely got a closer. Um, I had sex-addicted psychologist comes to ex-girlfriend's office, hits on entire staff under guise of therapy and (laughs) well-wishing. Creep. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, anyway. (laughs) Like, I said my piece in the last segment. I don't need to repeat myself. (laughs) All right, Tom. Close this out here. What is our episode explained badly or headlines for the episode? All right. Staff at WNYX responds positively to a case of group shrinkage. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, did Matthew get fired again? (laughs) He was in the pool. (laughs) I was in the pool! I was in the pool! <laughs> and that's why Tom's the closer. Tom, did you have any other ones that you want to throw out at us, or is that that it? That the winner? No, that was the only one. Yep. All right, that that's a great way, a great way to, to take us out. <laughs> Shrinkage. Uh, okay, uh, the next episode on the Hoodoo Factory conveyor belt will be arcade for our hooked unit. Until next time, please stop by the gift shop on your way out, grabagear.com. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, supplier of the only known antidote for abs of fever. Good night, pumpkin. Walk away, Dave. This is not your fight. Pantyhose. <laughs> Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your hoodoo needs. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at hoodoo underscore factory the hoodoo factory is part of the stolen dress podcast network please stop by our gift shop at grabitgear.com and remember the hoodoo factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for absa fever radiologists stick around to learn more about this adequate podcast that is also part of the stolen dress podcast network stolen dress entertainment is proud to present of dyson dens a DD podcast starring elishana the cleric navia the centaur fighter what's his name a human cowboy with a terrible memory grin the hobbit rogue is nick the gnome warlock and me dan your dungeon master if you enjoy action... Does that mean the man who course can just walk right out? Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you hear roaring? Deception. Don't worry about her. She's actually two people <laughs> dressed as El Centaur. Magic. Could Eldritch blast the lock? Son of a bitch. Did you nab it? Four chickens appear on the ground next to Navia.
and carpets. Fiznick wants everybody at his house to look at his rug and talk about some Whoa, stuff. whoa, wait a minute. Is this a good old-fashioned rug warming party? <laughs> Holy shit, I'm in. Yeah, let's, let's go. go. Then check us out at odndpodcast.com or wherever pods are casted.